0: This is uh, Scaling Bitcoin Sessions with Ellis Network. I hope I'm pronouncing the name correctly. Oh, that's how I was pronouncing it in my head, so you can let me know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Got it. That's <laughs> That's awesome. So who do we have the pleasure of speaking to today?
1: Uh, good evening or good morning, to everyone, depending on where you are. Uh, my name is Hisham. I'm one of the co-founders of Ellis Network. We'll have... Mitchell as well joining us, who's another co-founder of Ellis. He's actually on now, if you um, Ye- if you could add him as a speaker Yes, as well. I see
0: him now, I will add him. Hey Mitchell, good to meet you too. It's connecting, so it might be a while before you can, re- you can reply to me. So I'm gonna um, kind of introduce myself to you guys and then I'll let you guys introduce yourself to the audience. So I'm Eric, I'm a community manager here at Babylon. I've been uh, here at Babylon since April. Uh, Before then, I was, um, and still am part of the Cosmos Spaces team. We host Twitter Spaces, X Spaces, however you want to call it. We've been doing it since early 2022. And yeah, we're all about, you know, building up um, and educating people about the Cosmos um, ecosystem. And uh, I was actually at last year's Cosmoverse, saw David, the founder of Babylon, speak. He blew my mind. And... uh, the the people in Cosmos bases kept getting jobs in Web three. Tricky got a job with Evmos. Uh, uh, Gaines was getting a job with Stargaze, and so I was like, man, out of you know the team, I would love to also be a part of a, a Web three company. And so I thought about which of all the companies that I had seen I would like to be a part of, and so Babylon was one that stood out to me. I reached out to the team, and here I am now. It's been six months. Loving it. Um, I, I can talk a little bit more about my um, my journey through crypto in a little bit, but I, I want you guys to be able to introduce yourselves. So, Hasham, and then Mitchell, could you please introduce yourselves?
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Eric. I uh, appreciate you having us on tonight. My name is Hasham. Um, I actually got started with, in the Cosmos ecosystem a couple of years ago through the OtterSync validator. So. Um, if you've seen us, uh, we've got the, the cool cartoon logo, <laughs> but we're, uh, we're validating for 18 chains right now. Um, our biggest ones being Kava uh, and Kudos, probably the ones you might be familiar with. So um, our entry into the Cosmos ecosystem came from kind of our love of of uh, the technology, right? to see what was being built on Cosmos and how it was scaling, and to see that it wasn't about you know, any kind of hype or any kind of marketing, especially given that, you know, Cosmos doesn't really spend on marketing. We saw there was really more about developers coming to it because they loved using the SDK. So as a validator, we've really just been absolutely impressed with the talent and the and the communities that have come here. And um, based off of that, I was able to meet the, uh, the four co-founders here. So besides myself, there's Mitchell, uh, Casey, and Prashant. And uh, we've been kicking ideas around for a couple of years now. And, and that's kind of how we got to the idea of, of uh, building Ellis Network. And we can get into more of that um, uh, kind of as we go, kind of describing Ellis. But really been an amazing journey. So I'll, I'll pass it over to uh, Mitchell.
0: You, uh, Hisham, go ahead, Mitchell.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm not sure if it's just my audio or if it was the, the, the mic on uh, Hisham's side. But I wasn't able to hear him too well. But I'm just gonna go. Um, so j-
0: just for the record, uh, so but just no, for the record, he sounds good. Sometimes uh, speakers can't hear each other, so I'll make sure to interject if you can hear me good. But you you sound good as well, Mitchell.
2: Okay, great. Well, yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks everybody. Yeah, I, I um, you know, a similar thing. I, uh, as far as Web three, I didn't wake up one day and say, you know, I really want to be in Web three. I actually <laughs> didn't know this would be my my home. <laughs> I didn't know it'd be my home, but it keeps calling me and calling me and calling me. And I just, I've been, you know, very, very passionate about it ever since I I was actually looking for some medication for a family member back in 2016. And I just, we couldn't afford it here. It was like $30 a pill uh, for some liver medication. And I was able to find it overseas. And, uh, you know, they had an alternate form of payment. And that's when I discovered Ethereum, Bitcoin, and Litecoin. Um, And I've just never left the space. I've been extremely passionate about it. Um, I'm absolutely, you know, infatuated with Cosmos. <laughs> I love Cosmos uh, for all the reasons, you know, that everybody can think of right now. You know, I love the community, um, you know, back and forth a lot, like a family, <laughs> but I grew up in a big family. You so, used to it. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I used to it. So, you know, I just uh, want to say, you know, thanks for having us here. Uh, as far as like why we came together, I'm not sure what Sham uh, hit on. I heard little bits and pieces, but, you know, we're here to do you know our version of what we would want, like as DeFi users, and we are DeFi users, you know, uh, through and through. And we've been through the the CXs and the and the Dexes, and uh, we just thought that we have you know some ideas that maybe weren't being done yet. I don't think we're I don't think we consider ourselves to be competing with anybody necessarily. We just have different views, and I think we can bring a lot of people into the space and over into Cosmos and have lots of spill over to other projects. So we're here to just. Join everybody and hopefully uh, help grow Cosmos. I love that.
0: I love that so much. So I wanted to share with you guys a little bit about my journey in crypto. And then I am I really want to know about your journey in crypto, both Asham and Mitchell. So for me, I wish I knew the first time I heard about Bitcoin because that's all, like, for most of us, that's the first you know crypto you, you ever hear about. I, I don't remember when it first happened, but I do remember that I kept thinking it was bad because my experience was just, you know, what the news would say. So it was like, oh, black market or used for, you know, illegal activities. And so I was always like, oh, you know, Bitcoin is something that I'm too smart. I know not not to get involved with. And it wasn't until 2017 that a buddy of mine who's an engineer was like, hey, Bitcoin at $3,000, it's already, it's too, it's too much. It's already gone up a lot. It's like in hindsight, it's hilarious that he said that, Uh, you know, that ship has sailed, but there's this new token called Ethereum. Um, that that we should get into, and so I, I, you know, I that made me start looking at, at it more. And I remember, uh, I used Coinbase. I remember where it was only three tokens, which was Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin, and you would get Litecoin because it was the cheapest one for gas fees. You know, to move on to these other um, uh, centralized exchanges, and um, I was part of that that bull run. I didn't sell, so still haven't had any losses. But it was heartbreaking in it it really, really um, made me sour on, you know, that, that potential I, I had and i just like go through my hands, but um, I would always, I kind of distanced myself for for a few months and I would, you know, periodically check and I slowly get, started getting back into um, into crypto. Um, funny enough, like it, it was this, this random token that was called Ant Shares at the time, then changed to NEO. I wanted to know more about the ecosystem And there was this token called Switchio, which later on changed over to be built on Cosmos SDK. So I didn't know much about it, but I was like, okay, I really like this token. And what's this Cosmos SDK? And so um, we just started kind of looking more into it, me and a few friends. And we just fell in love with this place with the, how easy it is to talk to founders, to devs like yourselves, like you're so accessible. Um, I don't like, like for being in this in a space now six years i don't know of another space that's this accessible to you know everyday people so i i love that i love the community and like you said it's like a family there's ups and downs uh you know sometimes you're happy with each other sometimes you're not but i don't know another community like the cosmos so um and and like you said like i never knew that i would you know want to be working here but i just kept coming here every day trying to listen to to Twitter spaces, try to learn more and more, try to do my own research. And so um, it's just like a, a, a place of passion for me that I have just enjoyed being a part of. And so it's just awesome to be surrounded like with create, uh, developers and, and founders like yourself that are so passionate about it as well. So um, that's just my little journey about crypto. I, I'd love to hear your guys' journey.
1: Yeah, that, that's very inspirational, and uh, I gotta say that um, it's really cool to to hear about everybody's you know kind of different ahead path and take that it, uh, to... Hashem, go Go for it. Oh, we'll so just try, try you... to
2: stay in that order, unless yeah. You know, so, so I'll, right I'll,
0: I'll let okay. you know. Uh, Hashem is speaking right now, Mitchell. So I'll I'll let you know when he or if you want, you can drop off Mitchell. Maybe you can hear him whenever he, you go come back up. <laughs> or, or, you know what, Hashem, I'm gonna make you a co-host.
1: Oh, okay. Will that it That okay.
0: sometimes helps. So let's try that.
1: Cool. All right, let's try that.
0: All right, so go ahead and, and, and share your thing. Okay.
1: Yeah, so it's exciting to hear uh, You know, everybody's kind of s- different path that they take to, to get to where they're going. Um, we share the common bond of, of being passionate about the industry and having different ideas and, and visions of where we want to see it going. And I think that's what really makes this space so exciting is we're at the very, very beginning stages where there's so many unknowns and so many different ways for us to leave our impact on that on that landscape. So it's really exciting to hear your story. Um, my story, you know, I, I try to be a little bit more pragmatic. I try to, you know, kind of take a more, you know, Hey, I, I want to, I I, I kind of want to associate more with a web two user who wants to come over to web three and I want to essentially figure out how I can bring more people from web two. And so I kind of try to sit right there on that fence, you know, and I, and I think about, okay, if I wanted to bring my mom over, how do I do that? <laughs> you know, And it's, it's difficult, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a very, um, it, I would say it's probably the biggest um, hurdle right now that, that we have. So for me, I think that journey has really always been about trying to remember why it was so hard to come over in the first place. You know, I had people telling me about Bitcoin even as early as 2011. And of course I didn't pull the trigger. I wish I had, <laughs> but the reality, but the reality is um what draw what drew me here was the innovation was the movement to to find alternative already out there and to me it's less about the currency side of things which you know bitcoin really that was kind of the problem they tried to tackle i was more excited for sure about the ethereum and the cosmos and the Polkadot type of uh, you know problem solving which is how do we actually decentralize you know, software solutions, right? How do we actually decentralize the internet? And to me, that has always been the more exciting area to focus on. So I love what you guys are doing at Babylon, which is blending the two, right? Which is giving giving me the ability to to move forward with my my vision of how proof of stake should go, but at the same time getting the security of yeah. Bitcoin. Like I absolutely love that. That that is like that harmony is what I'm looking for. So it's really, really I, cool. I love the word you're using. So I'll, when you're I'll saying, pass it on to. Uh...
0: Well, M- M- Mitchell's not up here yet. I've been I've been sending him the invite, so I'll just oh. go off with the screen. I mean, love <laughs> love that you use okay. the word harmony uh, because that's exactly what we believe. We think you know proof of work can work in harmony with proof of stake. Um, so right now, Babylon is working on two different things, which is uh, timestamping, which actually gives any proof-of-stake chain Bitcoin security. Um, right now, most proof-of-stake chains have a long unbonding time because there's something called the long-range attack that will, um, that kind of puts your chain at risk Whenever um, you, if you would you know, have a fast unbonding time. It allows a validator that maybe today is in the act of set, but tomorrow won't be a chance to make a competing chain and confuse validators users and then you don't know what's the right chain but with Babylon when you're time stamping onto proof of work um, that is not an issue so um, we are able to allow protocols and change to make that that unbonding time a lot quicker. So to me as a user, when I first heard that, I was like, that's awesome because I was part of ecosystems where it'd be like 30 days to unbond. And so I was like, is this really my my token? Like what if there's some bad news out there? And um, you know, and so like I can't move my tokens, I have to wait. And then by the time I'm able to to do anything, then it's too late. So um, I love that, that um, Babylon has given this security to to change and we're also working on bitcoin staking so bitcoin staking allows to me allows protocols to come out with good tokenomics for their token um you don't have to let your token try to do too many things you don't have to let it have high apy in order to entice people to stake to you early on so they don't dump your token um, i think that uh, a lot like that pressure of trying to uh, secure your chain and having to have bad tokenomics from the get go -go is like really harmful for, for new chains. So by staking your Bitcoin, you don't have to do that um, because you can come out slowly um, with good tokenomics for your governance token and you're not, you're not trying to make it do too much. So it's just like using the sleeping giant asset Bitcoin to, you know, stabilize your your chain. So um, like you said, we, we really saw, uh, that potential in bitcoin and those use cases that could be work working um with um with uh proof of stake chains and so um yeah we j- just really really like uh what we're doing there so um uh i'll let you speak mitchell if you have you heard what i was saying
2: yeah i did loud and clear thank you and i have another device now with uh on very very low, just in case this one kind of weirds out again. So, wow, um, the mindset behind um, getting into the space—that that's a good one. So, I think what it is is you know over time you start to realize like is this is this re- is this reality or is it kind of like predestined and predetermined? And I think you know at some point we all kind of start thinking that is is there a better way we can do this? Is our destiny kind of predetermined by what the more powerful uh, entities do? And I think you know I'm coming from a I would say a pretty you know as as far as like from what I've you know who I've met so far a pretty unique space where I'm you know deeply involved in Web two I'm, I'm sorry like uh, like Web two uh, I would say engaging with Web two and people like that are Web two users because I have brick and mortar businesses um, I've been a lot, part of a lot of startups but they've been you know more in brick and mortar yeah. you know in real life here so. Um, what I realized, though, when I came over and I think, you know, part of like the, you know, the first couple of crashes is that I really got in, you know, I would say intimate with some of the leadership and some of the projects, especially like this last one. And I started to see that there's a there was a cycle of, of funding and building and funding and building. And I thought that it was missing like an actual business model where you're making somebody, you know, something that somebody wants to pay for. So instead of being a project, being an actual company because that's what I do and that's so that's what I was looking for and I did see some I just didn't see a lot of like complete projects that were had a great business plan and so and it's okay to you know make money as long as you're providing a product and a service that people will pay yeah. for and I think that people are more than happy to do that if you're cutting out you know every all the capitalists that are trying to take everything right and keep everybody down so anyway that's kind of where I came and I didn't really plan on doing this either It was something that I've run teams, huge teams, you know, 50 to 100 people. But now this is going to be the first time where I'm stepping into Web3. And, you know, it's going really well so far that, you know, some of the energy and the team building skills have, you know, transcended over into Ellis. And we've built an excellent team of A players. Uh, We've gotten a lot. I mean, I'll let Sham get, uh, get into it, but we've stayed super lean on what we've spent. We've spent, I mean, pennies compared to what I've been reading. And we've gotten... Where we are about twice as fast by being extremely picky and extremely family oriented. Yeah. So, you know, well, that's awesome. Um, all that, Shem. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very, gonna... very, very excited.
0: Yeah. I love like that you're being careful with it, that, you know, provides a lot of security for, you know, anyone to do so. Glad you guys are being careful. Uh, go ahead and follow up with Shem if, if you want.
1: And, and forgive me for jumping off and back on again just the audio is cutting out again so we're, we're sorting through the early phases of uh, of spaces as well kind of you know being a little <laughs> bit appreciate you bearing with me yeah i, I gotta say I, I really love um what lom is doing for the cosmos ecosystem because of the extra layer and the optionality that it brings over so for example um you know if, if you're listening to the space right now you can actually go over and take a look at babylonscan.io, which is um, a great graphical representation of I- exactly what you were describing, how Babylon works. And you can see Ellis is one of 35 chains that have signed on to this um, kind of first phase going into the second phase of, uh, of Bitcoin timestamping. So you can select which uh, chain you want to view, and then you can see uh, which block it's been... Um, how recently it's been time stamp- timestamped with Bitcoin. And like you were saying, one of the key advantages of that is not just verifying your own ledger, but also, um, and, and having the unbonding times brought down, but also just adding that extra layer of security. So for us, you know, we're gonna be going to a 14 day unbonding time, but because of what Babylon is allowing um, us to do as we launch, we'll probably be able to go seven days or less and we can down all the way down to probably a day. We're pretty excited about the optionality that gives us. Uh, I know that um, with, you know, 35 chains already signed on with many more to come, I think this is a really, really promising um, technology, you know, to, to really give us that that security with Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, that, that's exactly um, that, what makes us excited is to give, you know, the chains this, this freedom, this flexibility to uh, be able to you know, create things that's more user-friendly. So that's definitely something that for me as a user, I would I would love to be able to, you know, unstake my tokens a lot quicker and be able to do whatever I need to do with them. So that's awesome that you guys are looking into that and are actually willing to use that, that aspect of Babylon. So I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: uh, yeah, and I think Mitchell was talking about, you know, Kind of just being very like methodical and careful about how we spend and how we yeah. kind of move forward, and this is one of those uh, opportunities for us to um, really build a robust system for Ellis Network that's going to allow us to be careful and in, in how in how we having that layer from uh, just more diverse, rely on. on being our sort of backing. So it just gives us a layer. Like, yeah. I will yeah. say, yeah. i this. doing now is they on users and actually them the is exactly right?
0: yeah no no d- definitely that that's what makes us really excited is that um, like I was saying uh, bitcoin is just you know for someone to hold right now and it's not really doing anything when we we see that potential like that that's just like a resting tvl for chains and so and to be able to give them that security to their actual chain by staking it, I think, you know, it opens up many doors. And so I, I agree with you that um, it's just it's just perfect harmony, like you said earlier, um, how proof of work chain can help proof of stake chains. Um, I wanted to also talk about a little bit, you mentioned, you know, about um, the difficulty of trying to get someone like your mom to to use uh, crypto and, you know, the challenges that brings. And that's kind of like what, one of the motivating factors that you have. Um, I w- <clears throat> I wanted to mention it, and then just because you know uh, we've had a little bit of issues here on, on Twitter. Um, that's actually one of the the things for me. Like I'm not in it so much to you know when moon when Lambo, but I love just the technology that's behind crypto. And one of the things that really spoke to me, um, my family is of is from El Salvador, Salvadoran descent. Um, I remember being young, going to Montgomery Ward, and um, having to. Uh, send money back home and um it was uh it was hard for my parents. They had to pay a lot of interest whenever you you you'd go pay uh, fees to send money back home to El Salvador. And so one of the and even now like that's it's not cheap. Like you still have to pay, you know, a high amount, a lot of gas fees as we would say, right? Um but now like because of crypto, that's literally, you know, pennies or less than a penny sometimes to be able to send depends on what, what token you're using. So um that use of use begins with just making it more available to everyone. And so, um, but I do agree that it, it is different because you have to think about, you know, we've been in the space for a long time. So for us, a lot of things are common sense, but we got to kind of get ourselves in the mindset of a new user and what they would, you know, what, what difficulties they would have with, with uh, using the space. So um, I just wanted to, to circle back to that a little bit, because uh, that is one of the reasons that I, I it's, being in the space is so important to me. Um, and I know that we're having some difficulties. Uh, I know that Hisham has dropped off a couple of times. So, uh, Mitchell, I don't know if you want to talk about a little bit about that or if we want to move on to the next question.
2: No, I think that's, that's a great you know, segue. I think, well, to get back to Bitcoin, and you know, it is, it's been kind of stagnant and it's up and down, but it's also dealt with a lot, right? Because it, it got its foot in the door, it got a little bit further, and then it started to walk through the threshold. And then a ton of other like little (laughs) projects started to grow and get excited which is great because you see everybody coming to the space and that's that's amazing but at the same time that volume and the the market cap that would have otherwise gone to bitcoin litecoin and ethereum is also being split so um and that being said there's a there's a stark difference between um i would say what bitcoin did and this is why i'm super excited about babylon because like bitcoin to me i'm just going to say it is the og right um, I love it. I've always loved Bitcoin. Um, I do see tons of value in it. And I also see, um, you know, similar, but in, you know, different effects for Ethereum. The problem is, you know, with a lot of the new, uh, I would say, projects that didn't follow, I would say, what Bitcoin did. And Ethereum is they had a use case and they built a vehicle for it. But right now they're building the vehicles first and trying to find a purpose. That's true. And so, yeah, so when you do that that's great because you're going to have a lot on the market. There's going to be a lot of cool things. And yeah, you know, with speculation, you know, tons of things are going to go up, but you got to ask yourself what is true success. And it just depends on the builders. If the builders say they want to build a token, you know, a project and have a token and continuously be asking for funding and trying to pump up a token. And when it goes up in value, is that success? Maybe to them (laughs) or to who knows, but isn't true success, not just like rising to the top and going to the moon and knowing when to time it isn't true success building somebody for the community that's supporting you
0: 100% right? yeah
2: yeah absolutely shouldn't you build something that people can use in their day-to-day lives it's going to be easier than in real life so how are we going to welcome the web 2s is my question are we going to treat them really well or are we going to try to push what we think is going to pop next and hopefully hopefully it'll take off but it does you know if it doesn't we tried And we're going to go on to the next one. I just I'm really about genuine intent to serve. You know, I'm really about and I think, you know, the whole team is too. And I know Sham is too. He's one of the most noble guys that I've ever met. He, you know, said many times we're not going to do this to try to like pop the token price. What we're going to do is we're going to build something and we're going to see if people latch on to it for daily use case. And if they do that slowly but surely, people will come. So I think by now you know, in 11 months, we could have probably built a few tokens already and put them out there and advertised for it with that money that we raised. Um, We didn't do that. We have not taken anybody's money or sold any tokens, um, specifically because we want to make sure that our our pre-seed round goes to absolutely like only building. And he said that he, he said this right at the beginning. And I said, I'm not sure if it's even possible, (laughs) but it is now because we're almost there. He goes, we're not going to sell anything to anybody until we have a working product or I'm not going to be on board. Yeah. And that really meant a lot to me, man. It really did. And I think that speaks to his his background quite a bit.
0: No, 100%. And you definitely have to respond 100%. to that. That was
2: beautiful what Mitchell just said. <laughs> I,
1: I appreciate the kind words, but honestly, I mean, I'm just kind of echoing the sentiment of the community. You know, when, when we all get together and we talk about the problems that we see in the space and how we want to rectify them, I'm really just trying to com- compile all that information that I hear from everybody, and try to live those values, right? So, um, I appreciate it's really, really kind. But you know, I believe that all of you have those same ideals, right? I believe that these are these are not things that are unique to any one individual, but really more about what we're trying to achieve together. And the bottom line is, you know, as we go through these growing pains and as we feel these pain points along the way, it's what we learn from them and how we adapt and adjust and go forward. That's our measure of success. You know, when you think about. Um, in the corporate world, or all these different startups um, in the Web 2 space, or even before the internet, how did those companies, you know, build and how did they get to where they got, you know, where they are now? It's the same thing, right? A lot of failures along the way, a lot of companies or startups that didn't make it, and you know, people that maybe maybe had malicious intentions or or there were some bad actors involved. You know, they were exposed along the way. So we're we're going through that moment ourselves in the Web 3 world. But it's, it's for our own good, right? All of this stuff is really, really great. And one of the things I really love about Web3 is that we get to do this out in the open. That's what makes this a little kind of more more unique than, than kind of the, the, the TradFi world or, or the Web2 world, where a lot of this stuff is done kind of in a, in a closed room or in a, in a centralized you know, area away from the public light, and then it's brought out. So it's going to be a little bit messier in the Web3 world because we do this stuff out in the open. And it it's kind of opens up a lot of criticism, but at the same time, it's really, really refreshing to see where more people can get get involved in and put their hands in it and help shape the product.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, I know that uh, Mitchell kind of talk, talked about a little bit about Bitcoin being the OG, but I wanted to ask you guys a little bit about how do you guys feel like, you know, like I for me personally, I get frustrated whenever like I see, you know, start market crashes and then affects crypto's price. So I'm like, well, what's the connection there? Or if Bitcoin, does some some news comes out about Bitcoin, then the whole market goes down. How do you guys feel like how the crypto market's so attached to Bitcoin?
2: Mitchell, you want to take that one? Absolutely, yes. Okay, so I was having this conversation earlier. Uh, it means a lot to me, and when I heard it, it's because we we were about to jump on a call. Um, it was early this morning um, with a with a market maker. And, and that was the first thing we were thinking because it was a few minutes late. And I said, you know what, this crash probably has something to do with it. <laughs> and it did. So, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, here, here's the thing when Sh- Sham brought this up, uh, I want to say like a month and a half ago, when we were just starting to approach uh, seed, seed round, you know, raises and we were going through the deck and making sure that the, you know, we had built something for the consumers and for the users, but were the VCs going to see any value if we weren't going to try to pop the price because The thing is, is we need the venture capitalists, right? But we don't want to be like in their pocket and we don't want to be owned by them. So it's like a really thin line. You have to be really, really careful who you're with and you have to kind of know when to say no. And I know we're kind of in the infant stages of asking for capital, but we're still picky with who we deal with. We have to be. And so they have to be, you know, pat. I think we just lost Mitchell a little bit.
1: Okay. Um, let's see. If, let's see if we get him back. But um, yeah, I, I think I think where where maybe he's trying to go with this is that um, yes, you know, money has to come from somewhere, yeah. right? Projects have to be projects have to be funded, and there's a number of different ways that that can happen. But there are only there's only a finite amount of you know people or mo- or resources or money that are be-, be that can be thrown at a certain project before that project can either. Need to, need to sustain on its own or need to be shut down. Again, this happens all the time in, in the uh, in the business world. And maybe, you know, as we as we go through this um, period in the Web3 world where we, we mature and realize that, yes, some chains will have to get shut down and some chains will proceed because they can sustain, because they have a product that users actually want to use and actually interact on and spend on. And it becomes a self-sustaining model. Those are that's where we're going, right? And I, and I think that's the difference um, if you look back two years ago where people were just simply using uh, tokens as trading vehicles, right? It was, it, it didn't matter what the what the project <laughs> did. What mattered was could you grab the momentum and trade it, right? And that's okay, right? Traders are a necessary part of the market. So you have to have people willing to trade. You have to have people wanting to invest and you have to have users and consumers, right? This is all a large ecosystem. It's a society, the kind of roles in society, right? So, so there's nothing wrong with that, right? And I, and I don't want to vilify anybody who's just a trader, right? There are people who who only look at this space as, I'm just going to trade it. And there are people who are only in it to be users. I know plenty of people who actually are um, are, are big users of Ethereum for their day-to-day activities and not so much concerned about the, the investment side of it, but they actually just like using the products, yeah. right? So this that's kind of the world we're going to in the future is... Is is just building that out on, onto a large scale. Right now, it's really noticeable when you see these moves because we're only a one trillion market cap, yeah. right? So when you have a stock market move two or three percent in a day, yeah, our crypto market will move a lot because relative at a one trillion dollar market cap, you know, our crypto industry will move, uh, you know, will appear to have a larger <laughs> yeah. move. But let's, let's say five, 10 years from now, when more and more people are, are in the crypto world and we're a 10 trillion or 20 trillion market cap industry, these moves from the stock market aren't gonna sway the crypto market as much, right? So so I guess to try to, to try to answer your original question, I'm not necessarily concerned about volatility in the crypto market because the industry is so small right now. But to kind of give you a perspective of where we're going, right? Gold by itself is like a 11 or $12 trillion industry, right? That, that sector by itself is, is worth $12 trillion or more, yeah. right? So I know a lot of people like to make the comparison of Bitcoin to gold, which is all, Digital you know, we could probably spend hours <laughs> yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah. And that may not have been the original intent and, and whether one agrees or doesn't agree with that. It is a good comparison to make in terms of Bitcoin is tiny, absolutely tiny, right? What's the latest market cap? I think 550 or 600 billion, 600, right? Yeah. So so that just goes to show you, yeah, it's going to get pushed around a little bit, right? When when the stock market moves up and down. So again, it's it's a it's a short term phenomenon. Five years from now, we'll look back at this and we'll be like, man, do you remember when the market <laughs> used to move Bitcoin, you know, five percent a day? Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. Looking forward, are looking at the future.
0: I I love both of your responses to this. It's been actually one of my favorite ones. Um, you guys brought up some points just about the market cap size that no one's brought up before. And I, I think they're such solid points. So uh, I really, really have enjoyed that response to that question. Um, I want to ask one more question related to Bitcoin. then I want to move on to learn more about Alice for our audience. Um, and I just like asking this question because, you know, like I told you guys, I'm from El Salvador. Um, and so our president has decided to make Bitcoin legal tender. And I wanted to get your what your take on that was, you know, a lot of people being in crypto meant not depending on the government. There was supposed to be like a separation, kind of like church and state almost. And so uh, what do you guys think about a governments trying to embrace crypto in that way?
2: Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. But Mitchell, you want to you start off with that? The thing is, is there has to be alternate uh, forms of, of really anything, right? So you could talk vehicles, you could talk food. Um, you need to talk currency. And I think that, you know, I, I would get, a, I would probably not even say, you know, that the government's, embr- you know, the government is definitely embracing it. But what I would say is they're open to it that that says, I think it says a lot that they're going to be open to doing something else. I mean, everybody can point out the negatives all day mm-hmm. long in any category and we can shred everybody's you know, story about how they either will or won't use it for bad. The bottom line is this, the, the best currency is going to win. The top two are going to win. There has to be a competition. Um, and then just, it ends up better for the people. And so, you know, if, if this isn't the right way, then what's going to happen is the, the government that in El Salvador is going to, you know, create something like, you know, whether it's like CBDC or something like that, that's going to be more reliable than what they had before. Yeah. So I would take it like a couple steps further and say, you know, 5, 10, 20 years down the road, what is this move going to do for the people? It's absolutely going to benefit them, whether it remains Bitcoin or not.
0: I love that.
1: Yeah, and to echo that, yeah, I I, I think that what they're doing is essentially um, building out you know, a, a diversified, you know, um, platform, if you will, for their people, right? So it's not just Bitcoin itself being, you know, legal tender, because how many people are going to go out and spend in Bitcoin? Maybe not a lot, right? But it, it sends a message, right? It's, it, sends a, it sends a message saying that, like, we are open to innovation. We are open to adoption and, and seeing where this goes. So, you know, nobody really knows if, if everybody will be, you know, or, or if people will want to transact in Bitcoin in the future because it's so valuable, right? That's kind of one of the arguments against yeah. against using it as a currency. It's too valuable and, and it fluctuates too much. But the reality is, and, you know, maybe if we have time to talk about it, you know, some of these other things that are being built on Bitcoin are going to start to maybe have a profound impact on society. Whether you believe in the Lightning Network, whether you believe in ordinals or whether, whether you believe in some of the other things that are coming Coming down, you know, coming down the pike, those those are incredible, right? Those are innovative, and whether they whether they latch, you know, actually garner widespread, you know, usage or, or adoption, is less important than the fact that like people are wanting to build it out, wanting to build more and more with the Bitcoin network, right? So that that's the first step. The first step is to acknowledge that it's a it's a legitimate network. And then from there, everybody can can kind of um, expand upon it. So I'm really excited about what they're doing. I, I think they're they're keeping themselves in the game basically, and I think that um, it's only a matter of time before we start to see that really in the U.S. and 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 all the kind of you know basically every major country um, that uh, otherwise are going to get left behind and have to you yeah. know do a little bit of catch that, up. That's
0: exactly my um, idea on it. Like for me. I just hope it puts that pressure on countries like the United States, you know, England to, you know, regulate the space. And so, because I think we all want to do what's right, but we want to be told, hey, what what is, you know, what would be okay for us to do as a protocol? And everyone wants to do, you know, what's legal, obviously. So uh, just putting that pressure by them, by El Salvador, countries like El Salvador actually, adopting I think crypto puts that pressure on these other countries to you know finally come out and regulate this space so uh, to me only good things can happen
1: yeah I I totally agree and it's kind of interesting to see you know I I listen to people all the time talk about you know what is the SEC going to do in the United States uh, regarding crypto Um, what are all these agencies going to do what's the IRS going to do and I it's very interesting because there's so much fear around what is going to happen in terms of regulation but the reality is you know those those regulations are 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 going to be steered by congress right congress has to has to set the laws and then from from there that's where the sec gets its roles that's where the cftc gets their roles that's where the irs gets their roles so when you hear about like the sec going after crypto they don't really have the authority to do it right they don't really have you know an ability to to make a statement about crypto uh, beyond you know where they think their jurisdiction is, which is very limited, yes. right? In terms of yes, yes, Bitcoin ETFs, which I'm sure is a is a very <laughs> hot topic uh, right now. but but the reality is, you know that's coming. and and the only thing that's kind of like keeping it from really taking off and, and getting the uh, the acceleration it needs is really education, right? There are people in Congress just really don't know what it I is have no And, idea. and you, it starts to become more <laughs> absolutely. So it starts to become more and more evident when you hear them speak that they really don't know what crypto is. And so when, when that kind of that education kind of like starts to really take hold and a lot of people start to really understand what it actually does and what it is, then a lot of these preconceived notions or fears will, will alleviate and we will be able to move forward. So again, I'm optimistic. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes a, a widespread campaign. I love the prominent figures out there kind of like trying to bridge that right between Kind of the, the general population and maybe our like our leaders, you know, in our, in our societies, I think there just needs to be more of that, more of that outreach, more of that understanding. And then from our end, you know, just be better actors in, in the space, yeah. right? Be, be more vigilant about, you know, bad actors, call out the people who have bad intentions or taking advantage of others and giving us a bad name, right? Because if we can regulate ourselves you know, we can now speak with a, with a better voice when we go out and, and try to affect
0: change. 100%, 100%. I, I want to thank you guys so much for, you know, being willing to talk about Bitcoin for so long. Obviously, we want to get, you know, around to talking about Ellis. So I would like to kind of shift our focus and uh, and start talking a little bit more about Ellis. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, you, you guys have mentioned it, you kind of like your origin story, but like where did it come from? Why the name Ellis? And, you know, why did you start decide to, to actually start it?
1: So our, our um, you know, coming together in the past couple of years in the Cosmos ecosystem, uh, like we've mentioned earlier, we saw, we saw a lot of the problems in the DeFi world, and our goal was to come together and just really build a DeFi platform that people wanted, right? And for us, you know, that includes, you know, bridging that gap between Web 2 and Web 3. So the problem we're trying to tackle is pretty big, but at the same time, we think, the simpler, the better. So our, our it's actually part of our vision, right? is is a simple and fast and easy to understand solution. So what that means is somebody will be able to get on the LS network site, get on our web app, and be able to instantly set up an account so they could use web app uh, web abstraction technology. so they could use a Google account, for example, to um, connect or they can use their ledger or they can create a wallet uh, with their. Um, various options like Cosmo Station Wallet or Kepler, et cetera. And they could be up and running in about five to 15 seconds. So that's kind of like our first step is to make sure that the process to get onboarded is super easy. The next step is to make sure that the offerings for a user to use the platform are so, um, are are covered just about every risk tolerance. So for example, if I'm a very conservative user and I only wanna just maybe deposit some USDC on the platform and just earn a small yield, I can deposit USDC, and uh, that gets used for the lend platform. And I take a very low risk strategy. If I'm a very aggressive user, maybe I want to take a take a you know go to the other end of that risk curve and, and participate in margin trading. And that's our perpetual um, trading platform. So that's really where we think um, we're going to have an advantage in the Cosmos ecosystem, especially with Perpetex is um, starting to kind of gain popularity. Yeah. Most notably, um, you know, others out there like DYDX, right, or GMX. So that, that spectrum has a lot in between. So from the most conservative to the, to the most, you know, risk-taking user, you have a lot of other options. So a user who wants to come in and swap their assets, if they want to simply just swap, you know, USDC for Atom, right, or USDC for Ethereum, et cetera, that, those functions will be available and will offer essentially the best user experience and the best user interface for doing that while offering some of the best um, incentives to do so. So for example, one of the things that we will do is not only have very competitive um, swap fees, but we'll also have membership tiers. So for example, let's say like a bronze, silver, gold, where the more transactions you make or the more liquidity you have on a platform, the lower your fees will be. So historically that may not always be the case. Sometimes people who are actually trading higher volumes end up maybe taking a little more slippage or, or paying a little more in fees we actually wanted to go the other way with it, which is to reward the people who are really putting a lot on the line on the decks. So that includes like providing liquidity. And of course, one of the things that we saw in the past with um, kind of like the failures, let's say of of DeFi platforms is they were using their own token for their liquidity pools, which had such a huge amount of volatility, (laughs) a lot of sell pressure, a lot of impermanent loss, and anytime the price of that token went down, the whole TVL of the entire system went down, yeah. right? So we, we completely eliminate that risk, completely eliminate that risk by using USDC for our pools. And I think that is one of the most, I would say, like underrated features of our decks is that we use USDC for our pools because it is something that I think every user acknowledges is, is so key to giving them the comfort to be able to actually... Put their money in a liquidity pool and keep it there so we actually believe in that theory in that concept so much that we have zero bonding periods um, for using our liquidity yeah. pools which means uh, you know like some of these other decks require seven or 14 day bonding yeah. you can jump in or out of our liquidity pools after two seconds if you want <laughs>
0: that's awesome.
1: so and, and and that's that's how much we believe in it right because we know if you're going to be putting it in there with usdc There is nothing to worry about. I think... So it's kind of...
0: I I wanted to mention just, you know, I, I think that also pairing it with USDC will help kind of like people who are new to the space because dollar prices are so familiar to us. So it would make me feel more comfortable. And, you know, instead of having two different tokens I have no idea about, Actually, having a you know one of those tokens be something that I'm familiar with, then I kind of know the, the dollar value behind it, and so it makes me feel more confident in that. So I think as a trader, I would feel a lot more comfortable with just seeing those type of pairs.
1: Yeah, it, it is one of the, one of the um, the considerations we took in mind, and uh, and you know. With our mission of bringing Web2 users over, we wanted to make that process a little bit easier for them to understand. When they participate in a liquidity pool, here's here's what you're actually participating in. And trying to put, you know, a, let's say an Ellis token with a with a Bitcoin, you know, token and put that in a pool would have been kind of a bridge too far for them, right? So. For us, that USDC is so important, and we are working uh, very closely with Noble Chain since they are the ones that are going to be the issuers. Um, you know, Circle will be issuing their their native USDC in the Cosmos ecosystem through Noble. So, using that CCTP, which is that cross-chain transfer protocol, it's a really, really uh, fantastic system for getting USDC into Cosmos because it. Rectifies some of the problems that we've seen with these uh, bridges. For example, like Axelar, or some of these other bridges like um, Gravity Bridge, where you're you really representing your token via a peg token, but the asset still sits in the bridge, yeah. and that's what hack- hackers love to attack, right? So hackers are just going after that token that's sitting in the bridge, and that's exactly how Binance was hacked, and um, and Peggy Chain was hacked, and some of these other chains. And so many Wormhole, yeah. right? <laughs> So many others because because the hackers see it there. It's sitting there, just like sitting there in a vault for them to go to go to go after, yeah. right? So they to, that's what they dedicate their time to. So that's what I really liked with this new issuance system that um, Circle's doing, issuing natively on each chain. It's essentially a mint and burn system. So like a red or or you could call it a redemption system, where let's say if I'm moving USDC from Ethereum over to Cosmos, I'm actually sending it in the Circle to have it redeemed and then reissued. On Cosmos, So there is no pegged token. There is no token sitting in a bridge somewhere to be hacked. So I think that's really, really important in terms of this multi-chain uh, interoper- interoperability, interoperability <laughs> if I could say that correctly. Right? Um, so going forward, that's going to eliminate some of these risks. And the, to us, the big value there is large institutions. Let's say maybe some um, hedge funds, family offices, uh, you know, maybe even some some investment firms will now feel comfortable moving 10 $50, $100 million in the cosmos because they don't have to worry about it sitting on a bridge. Yeah. It's just going to be native in the system. So we're pretty excited about um, that foundation that's being built right now. The infrastructure takes a while to build, but you have to build the infrastructure first before the money can come in. And we're, we're willing to wait. So um, having that vision to understand that you can't essentially have 10,000 cars on the road without that five-lane highway. That's what we're doing right now. We're building the five-lane That's highway. Awesome. So um, I, we're, we're pretty excited. Um, the technology is, is second to none in terms of the Cosmos SDK. We have a lot of cosmo, um, custom modules. Our code is open source, so you can view us, uh, view our, all of our code on, on the, our uh, GitHub. And then uh, one of the things that I actually really, really am proud of um, with our developers is that they've also um have this very very unique nobody else has it in cosmos right now this oracle aggregator so we basically take uh three or more price sources from different places so for example um Banchain, osmosis and binance and we aggregate the prices and then that's our oracle solution for our pricing on the decks which means nobody can manipulate it so you know one of, the, one of the things about an amm dex is that it can the prices can be spiked based on how somebody interacts with a liquidity pool versus an oracle which calls the price from that external oracle. Yeah, Yeah, so we're actually aggregating oracles in case the oracle returns a bad price, we can throw out the invalid price and keep the good ones. So um, it's a really, really cool, robust design. We really are proud of that one. And we have many, many more unique features. I would love to get into all of them, but we're (laughs) we're gonna have uh, (laughs) smart contract capability, which is super important for our perp decks um so that'll kind of open up the door to have a full order book so um, pretty excited and you know the last thing i'll mention is we are going to have our web app open for uh for users to test so if um if for our audience here if you can go on to ls.network and sign up to join the waitlist for our web app we'd really appreciate users who are willing to come and check out the product and and give us their feedback before we launch so we can kind of incorporate any feedback, fix some fix some like user interface um, or user experience uh, items, you know, to get those perfect before we yeah. launch. We would really, really appreciate everyone's feedback on that.
0: Absolutely. Guys, make sure that you guys are following Alice Network. Um, I, I've been on your website. It's it's amazing. And I did uh, sign up for the, the wait list. So I'll be looking forward to playing around with that.
1: That's oh, great to hear. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're really grateful for the opportunity. I mean, um, you know, for for us, really, this is about try- trying to um, execute on that goal of taking all of the things that we've heard from DeFi users over the past couple of years and integrating them into this platform, right, to get that feedback, um, you know, to to really be the premier product out there. I think a lot of the DEXs out there, they do a great job, right? We pay, a lot, we pay a lot of respect. We don't view ourselves, I think Mitchell mentioned this earlier, we don't view ourselves as a competitor, for example, to like Osmosis or Kujira. We think that in a, in a, um, in a truly like functional um, financial market, you really, really need to have several DEXs, yeah. right? You have to have them. It's kind of like our, you know, in our society, we have hundreds of thousands, thousands of banks because that liquidity is so important. It can't just be sitting in one place. So as we build out and as the as the liquidity starts to pour in from institutions, it'll need multiple places to to go to ensure a smooth market. So we love collaborating we love um, working with these other uh, projects. We're always open to speaking with them. we're big fans of the work that they do and so um, we're excited right We want to see them all succeed. we're not we're certainly not trying to take market share from any of them. We actually want to work hand in hand with them so again, looking forward to that collaborative mindset because I think that's really going to be this next stage of, you know, DeFi 2.0 or whatever you want to call it, is going to be more about that. that collaboration. Right? So yeah. and, so it's going to be
0: 100%. Yep. That's awesome. No, I um, I love, like, your methodical approach that you guys have had in building this out and how you're still in tune with what the community is saying and, and wanting. So I think I see a lot of success in y'all's future. I think it's exactly how something should be built out. Um, I Like when you started mentioning bridges, it just made me think about, you know, what Babylon's doing too. Like the staking solution that we have also doesn't doesn't rely on a third party or on bridging for the very same reason that it becomes vulnerable. So um, yeah, like to allow that ease of use and that security by not having to rely on a third party or a bridge, I think will make your, you know, your platform that more appeasing to to an everyday user and to bigger money users those wells that we're all trying to catch.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and and uh, I really think, like I said, with uh, with Babylon, you know, build, um executing on the uh, Bitcoin time stamping and the Bitcoin staking, you know, vision, that's going to be something we will be super excited about having kind of hand in hand with our platform. So um, if for anyone listening, if you have not had a chance to read Babylon's Bitcoin staking light paper, I would strongly encourage it. It's a it's a fantastic read and it's on their website. So um, it's, it really, I love the problem that you guys are tackling. I love what it's bringing to Cosmos. I love that you guys are part of building that highway and uh, you know, the key is to recognize that this is a five, 10 year project. Yeah. It is a, it is not something that is designed to bring people overnight, right? This is, this is an education campaign. It's an infrastructure campaign. It's a development campaign. And so there's so much involved in getting there. Um, I think it's just really important to pace ourselves and make sure that we're doing this for the right reasons. We're doing it with the mindset that we can make changes along the way based on the new information that arises and that we can continue to take feedback from users and, and consumers, right, who are coming to the Cosmos ecosystem and wanting their voice to be heard.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. So um, I want to ask you guys, and while I'm asking you guys, I'm also going to ask if the audience has anyone that wants to come up to ask you guys questions, feel free to request the stage. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, how can anyone in the audience besides signing up for the waitlist, um, how can they be more involved in with Ellis Network?
1: Yeah, I appreciate that question. Uh, one of the one of the most helpful things that um, anybody can do is just engage us, right? So we're available um, on Discord. So we, we, uh, we're on Discord basically every day if you can join our Discord server and essentially just present your ideas, provide your feedback, um, ask lots of questions, use the chain, go through our code, anything at all, right? I, I think that's, um, we, uh, we check our egos at the door, right? We don't believe that we're exceptional. We don't believe that we're smarter than any, anybody we believe that we aggregate the best ideas and the best ideas should always win. So uh, I take that very seriously, right? Because I myself, I'm not a coder and I myself, am not um, a, uh, a financial analyst, but what I really want to do is leverage the talents of the people who are the best at those um, and the best in those areas. Right? So I will always welcome anybody who wants to come and lend a helping hand or provide their input uh, and feedback, and and I I I mean that in in all sincerity.
0: Hello, Hashem. Um, I want to welcome Wendy up here to the stage. Hi, Wendy. How you doing?
3: Hi, I'm doing good. Hello, everyone. Hi, Wendy. Hi. So um so I have like few questions. So firstly, you said joby joby um USDC pools. On the Elise network so my question you said there will be stable pools stable coin pools so aside from usdc are you um are you planning uh, is a network uh, network planning to have more pools uh, with other stable coins such as usdt um or the likes of it or any other stable coin in the cosmos ecosystem or will it just be usdc pools
1: uh, thank you for that question, Wendy. That that's an excellent question. So, yeah, uh, we didn't really have time to talk about also the fact that Tether is issuing USDT via Kava chain. With your
0: validator and um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. I was trying not to create a conflict of just but but, then, uh, <laughs> but but that that's an absolutely um, like that that's uh, spot on. That you even recognize that that's actually something that is likely to be another thing that that will be uh, um, used by many DEXs, right? Well, not just USDC, but USDT pools. Um, For us, our initial design uh, will use USDC because of the initial liquidity we thought was was easier to uh, explain to investors or institutions, right? Who are going to bring the liquidity into the pool. We know that Circle uh, has a better reputation, for example, from the institutional side. It's not to say that USDT is not on our roadmap or or, will, or can't be on our roadmap. We certainly are open to USDT, but we need to um, we need to prove out our model first with the USDC. And then once that's uh, built and growing, we can then start to add more pools. So um, we can have something like a USDC, USDT uh, DAI stable pool, for example, which one of the things that we didn't get a chance to talk about today was our, our multi-asset pools which will have like three, four or five uh, tokens within a single pool to add for, you know, to reduce risk or, or maybe imp- um, increase diversification options. But it's certainly an option for us um, going forward. And we're actually very, very excited to see how USDT, native USDT does in the Cosmos ecosystem. So I, I really appreciate that question. Like I said, I, I think I think there's there is a potential uh, place for USDT on our decks.
3: Okay, all right. Thank you very much. That's good. Having your options open is very good. Okay, my second question. My second question. So, um, how will the creation of pools work? Because you made mention of DYDX, um, uh, also building a decentralized perpetual. Trading platform. So, um, according to what I've learned of UAF of um DYDX and what they are building, I think DYDX um the creation of pools are will be permissionless. Anyone can create a pool, and you know, so on Elise Network, how we creation of pools be? Is it going to be permissionless or how will it be how will it work?
1: Yeah, at our initial launch, uh, our pools are likely to be permissioned simply um, because of the, uh, the bootstrapping phase. But as we grow the decks, we do have on our roadmap a plan to go to permissionless pools.
3: All right. That's very good. That's very good. Okay. That would be that all for now.
0: Thank you, Wendy. You were saying, Mitchell? Sorry. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, I wanted to say that um, the permissionless is so important, and it is. The the thing is, is that we have um, a responsibility to anybody who comes across our you know our exchange or platform to make sure that they're um, that they know what type of exposure they're they're getting. And so there's going to be a lot of due diligence involved. Um, we're not going to um, permit make it permission, but we are going to ensure that the community is protected um, by way of governance uh, regarding the front end and what's shown uh, until certain projects are fully vetted because. There's just so it's so easy to get wrapped up in like the story and the hype and, you know, and then of of something it's being pushed. And so we want to be mindful of who's coming into the space, too. And if we really do want to welcome the Web 2s or even some of the new Web 3s or, you know, just somebody who believes in someone. Right. Because it could be somebody who's been in the space for a while who starts following a project, you know, and then. We we need to get down to the the guts of it, and I mean we need to vet them is the bottom line. And so I don't I don't want to say it's like a type of control. I want to say we're going to advocate for the people that come on Ellis Network.
0: That's
3: okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, now speaking on governance, how will the governance on Ellis Protocol work, and what would be the, the the governance token, and how it the whole governance thing works.
1: So uh, we do use a governance module, and Ellis token will be the governance token. Um, so even though Ellis is not used on the uh, on the decks the as the pool pair token, it is still our uh, utility token. It's still the staking token, and it's still the uh, the governance token. Right. So one of the cool features, obviously, of, Co- of Cosmos SDK that's rolled out recently is that you can pay your gas fees uh, beyond that. So you, you don't have to use Ellis tokens to pay your gas fees, but uh, obviously that that would be the default is you could use um, Ellis for your gas. But the governance basically still um, is, is in line with, uh, with, other, with other chains. The difference being liquidity providers have always wanted a vote with governance. And that's one of the things that's always been an issue um, on other DEXs. When people choose to pair their liquidity on the DEX, um, they make a choice that whatever of that change token they're putting on the DEX and liquidity pools, they no longer get to vote with. And that's, that's always been an issue. It's an unresolved issue. One of the ways that we've kind of in a roundabout way, resolved that issue is that since we're not using Ellis on our tote on our, um, in our liquidity pools, our liquidity providers don't have to um, don't have to use any any Ellis don't have to risk losing any Ellis from from being used for voting, so they can purchase Ellis and still participate in voting, at the same time participating in liquidity pools. So the other thing that we do for them is if they if they wanted to have a voice but didn't want to own any Ellis, that's one of the reasons why we made the liquidity pools uh, without a uh, not require a bonding time. So if they didn't like anything that was going on with governance, they could immediately exit the pool. So and we did that because of, um, for moral and integrity reasons, that they should always always have the freedom to express their views on how governance is going.
3: Okay, okay. Will there be uh, governance forums? We have governance forums for discussions? So that they- uh, yeah.
1: So so we'll be forming um, a uh, we'll have a DAO and a community section in our. Uh, in our Discord for um, governance discussion. Uh, typically, the way that we will, um, you know, roll out governance is having a uh, comment period. So if a particular member of the community wants to um, develop a proposal, one of the things that we would recommend is that they they get maximum exposure from the rest of the community to figure out whether their idea makes sense, and if they want to build out on it and get a little feedback and then kind of tailor it a little bit. So that's that's why we encourage, let's say something like a seven-day comment period. And then from there, um, as that gets tweaked by you know members of the community in the DAO, then it gets formalized into a uh, on-chain proposal. So we have not set our proposal windows yet, our pr- parameters, because we're still in the testnet phase. But we can expect to have somewhere between a two to three day voting window, uh, depending on what the community um, prefers. I think we're starting to kind of see like 48 hours, 48 to 72 hours is kind of emerging in the Cosmos ecosystem as kind of a preferred uh, voting window. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll adjust that as necessary based on community feedback.
3: Okay, cool. That's, that's very good planning you guys have there. Okay, that'll be all from me. One out. All
0: right. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. Appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Those are great thank questions. Um, yeah, I, I think um, I've been able to ask all the questions that I wanted to ask you. Is there anything, uh, Sham or Mitchell, that you wanted to tell the audience or anyone out there that maybe we haven't covered yet?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, Eric, uh, you did a fantastic job hosting this because... Um, we covered a lot of ground. <laughs> so, um, I, I will say, I know, I know we ran over an hour. I know we want to be respectful of people's times, but, um, really, really appreciate the way that you ran this, Eric. And honestly, we'd love to do this regularly with you. So if, if you have the time, you know, we have the time. So, um, we'd love to do some more for any of the topics we couldn't cover tonight. We would love to, um, to have more going forward and we'd love them to be interactive too. Maybe in the future, just make them like total AMAs, right? We'll just, We'll just open the floor right to questions from the very (laughs) beginning, and you know maybe we can make them thirty minutes instead of an hour, and just kind of get more users to come in and ask questions. Yeah, I I love that too. But. Yeah. No,
0: th- awesome. th- this is uh, a this is a testing ground for me, and I like to talking to you both. of you so you pass, so. <laughs> I'm willing. i to hang out with you guys. <laughs> hey, <do. laughs>
1: I, I appreciate that, and and my favorite thing is to have Mitchell give the closing remarks because he is he is one of the most inspirational people I've ever met. So sure. whenever you guys are ready for that,
2: I would love. No pressure, I would love for Mitchell to inspire. <laughs> inspire us, Mitchell. Oh man, you you know what? The bar just like it's set super high right now. No, I mean. I don't know, man. You know, I'm just gonna start with something that happened today and just kind of riff for a second. First of all, thanks to everybody for being here. I mean, the fact that we still have like, you know, you know, 27, 30, 35 people keeps on going back and forth here, which is half still over the hour. That says a lot. Thanks for the support, everybody was here. You know, before it ended, um, you know, uh, Sham and I are not getting. I don't know if if you covered this, Sham, but we don't get any pay for this. Um, even through the money that we raised, we're doing this and we set up our you know, everything to where we could budget correctly and do this because we absolutely love it and we know it needs to be done. And so, you know, we were talking about it before he goes, do you think it's the right time? You know, it's a it's bull market. You know, what if we don't get funding? What if we don't do, you know, this? And I said, you know what, man? It might not be the right, the right time and I don't know if it ever will be, but it's never the wrong time to do the right thing. And so even if we have to like build and, you know, wait, you know, and that's okay and we have to pick it up which I don't think is going to happen because we have a lot of interest now. Um, But that's okay because we're doing the right thing. At least we're staying true to our, you know, um, ethics and our our moral fabric. And that's, you know, that's what matters. And so, yeah, man, I'm inspired. And so I I love this. I wake up, I think about it every single day. I jump on, I hop on, I'm exhausted. But it's kind of like the exhausted when you're coming around, you know, the final lap of the marathon. You feel victory and it feels great. So, yeah, I'm tired. And it's exhausting, but I'm super happy I'm here. And I'm super thankful that you guys are here with us. And I'd like to express gratitude from our whole team. I see, you know, I did see one of our devs, I believe, is uh, still here. <laughs> I see someone else who I'm going to hit the slopes with at some point that uh, is here uh, as well. I saw my, my sister and my brothers here. I mean, I'm getting a little bit emotional. So just I love you guys. Um, thanks to the community. Thanks for everybody else. You know, and, you know, that's it, man. I hope I talk to you again, man. You've been an excellent, excellent moderator.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's really easy whenever, you know, you have some people that you host that are such great speakers as yourselves that are inspirational, that are just good-hearted people. It makes this so much more enjoyable, not only for myself, but I know for the audience. It makes us believe in this space more. And so, um, I, you know, it's it's impossible not to be excited whenever we're surrounded by like-minded people. So thank you guys so much for, you know, you know, we had to postpone this a couple times and worked at it, but it was so worth it. I think it couldn't have been better tonight. So thank you guys so much for giving me your time and for allowing us to go a little bit over that hour, Mark. And you were right, Hashem Mitchell is very inspirational. You were 100% right about that. Yeah, yes, he is. And
1: th- thank you again, Eric. I really appreciate it. And yeah, that's uh, mea culpa for uh, missing, the you know, having to reschedule the last one. that uh uh, I'll, I made the mistake of booking this on the day that I was flying and my flight was five hours <laughs> delayed, so not gonna happen again. I promise
0: you. hey it, it happened when it was supposed to happen, so no worries. and for sure we will do these more often <laughs> um, for sure, like a big space like this um you know a couple months down the line to see what you're at but i'm I'm willing to do this more frequently with you and like you said, do a shorter 30 minute one and we can just talk to people and get to know the community more. so yep uh, i'm I'm down for it.
1: All right, looking forward to it. Thank you so much.
2: All right. With that said, let's uh oh, go so. ahead, Mitchell, sorry. No, just thanks everybody. I mean, we, we always look at the numbers, right? How many likes, how many people are here? The truth is this, you know what, even one person who hears this and is inspired to go and do something that they think is gonna be for the greater good or something that they know, like true to themselves, it feels good, it feels right, and they're gonna go represent because they heard that we did it, but maybe they're gonna be in another space. That's okay. It doesn't, you know what, the, the numbers do matter, but what matters is like who's like taking this down to their core, who's living it, who's passionate about it. And so for that one person or maybe multiple people who did that, thank you so much.
0: Thank you, guys. With that, let's uh, bid adieu, good night, everyone, or good morning, good rest of the day, wherever you're at. Can't wait to see you the next time. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.